Hello and welcome to the Making It in Asheville podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast where each week we sit down with an Asheville-based entrepreneur, small business owner, community member. We ask them what they are making and how they are making it in Asheville. And this season is a special season. We focus primarily or exclusively rather on retail businesses that are uh, dependent on e-commerce. We're looking at e-commerce. How are you growing your e-commerce business? How are you thinking about e-commerce in 2023 and beyond? Um, And this week, it's a very special guest. Uh, I would call at least one standard deviation from all of the other e-commerce businesses that we've had in so far. Um, We have Laura Jurgensen of The Runner Box and The Rider Box uh, here to talk about subscription-based e-commerce businesses, and maybe some surprises that lie in store for Q4 of this year. So, Laura, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, If you could, at a high level, talk to us about the Runner Box and the Rider Box. Sure. Yeah. So we, the Runner Box and the Rider Box, are sister brands. We have we offer subscriptions and one-time gifts for runners. So we're a discovery product. So we have a team of athletes that pull together the hottest, trending, best products that currently exist, and then we ship them out to our subscribers bi-monthly. Um, they're pretty similar in nature. People are like, "What's the difference?" Uh, a lot of the nutrition is very, very similar. I think mm. it's it's similar across all endurance, but where they vary is that the accessories are different. So obviously, you might get uh, chain lube or something for your bike, whereas you might get anti-chafe. Yes, (laughs) nailed it (laughs) if you're running. Um, So that's the big difference. And then we also offer one-time gifts, uh, which are especially popular over the holidays. We do like limited edition holiday boxes. So think like mint chocolate protein and a lot of things that just bring in the vibe. Mm. Um, But yeah, we're kind of a full suite service, all full e-commerce for runners and cyclists. How exciting. When when did, and first came Runner box, the runner box. First came the runner box. Okay. When did that start? So that actually started quite a bit ago. Yeah. That was in 2014. Okay. Um, and Bo- boxes were hot, like right around. Boxes were, were hot. hot. Okay. Right, that subscription engine, like it all of a sudden software came out to really support that. Yes, right, so boxes so were hot. We were one of the first. Um, and actually how this happened, in a former life, I had a corporate job. Um, I worked at Royal Caribbean doing... Yeah. Uh, Brandi- we just had Brandage on. His, His wife worked what? at Royal Caribbean. She worked um, what? in like the Hollywood uh-huh. studios um, uh, on like the actual the shows. I worked in corporate, so I was in finance. Um, wow. So I did finance at Royal Caribbean, had a really good career there. Also was racing bikes at the time. I started mm-hmm. in running. Um, I played basketball in college and just tore my knees up. So I ran after, but that quickly segued into all I can do is ride a bike Mm. and got offered uh, some pro contracts, which sounded really fun, but also you make no money as a female in sport. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm not going to leave my career Mm. uh, to go to go ride a bike for $5,000 or whatever they were offering me. Um, But the offers kept getting more attractive and my boss at the time, I said, Hey, I have this opportunity to travel and go race. And he said, Hey, your job will be here when you get back. Oh, cool. Um, but for me, I was like, well, I can't just do nothing. So that's kind of how the runner box started was out of necessity. So 2014, there was no such thing as like remote job. So I was like, well, I'll make one. So it kind of started as like this side thing to make a couple bucks while I was racing. And that was like, how it all started. So from, I'd say 2014 to probably 2019, 
I ran it, well, 2020, really, I ran it while I was racing the professional circuit. Um, so it was, yeah, that, that's how this all came to be. Wild. Uh, for clarity, bike riding, I'm thinking like Tour de France type Correct. stuff? Yeah, yeah those type of skinny tire ones. Skinny yeah. tires. <laughs> skinny tires. <laughs> uh, and, and so how did you start with runner box versus rider box if you're a rider? It's a really good question. So it was kind of one of those situations where, um, like, just the perfect chain of events happened. Mm -hmm. So my um, high school coach, who was also my best friend at the time, her sister was super into running, had this idea of doing the runner mm -hmm. box, um, got it started and was like, whoa, wait a second, I don't actually want to do work. Um, and it, she she was um, a stay-at-home mom. She had two young kids. She's like, I, I don't want to like not be able to be there for them. And she knew that I had these opportunities to race. So she's like, why don't you just do it? And I was like, okay. So that kind of was like the tipping point that allowed me to be like, yeah, I'm going to jump into this bike racing thing. Um, and I'm also going to do like a, an entrepreneurial thing at the same time. Wow. Where was home base at the time? Home base was Miami, Florida. Royal Caribbean. Okay. And then um, at what point did you find yourself in Asheville? So um, that was that was in 2014 um, that I left Royal Caribbean. One of the first races that we did was in Charlotte, North Carolina, so right down the road. Um, and when I worked corporately, I was grinding pretty hard. My whole family is in like the Fort Lauderdale area, so not very far away at all, but I never really saw them because I put in all these huge hours. Um, my grandma has a place over um, over kind of by Silva, so Cashers mm -hmm. up on Cullowee Mountain, and wow. that's where I came every summer of my whole life growing up. And I remember telling her when I was like 10 years old, I was like, I'm going to get a job where I can just sit on this porch and mm. work from here because I just loved it so much. Um, so when we raced over in Charlotte, I was like, I'm going to go see my grandma. We're right around the corner. So I had my one duffel bag for the race. I drove over to uh, to Cashers and I thought I was going to stay there a week. And I ended up staying the whole year wow. out of my duffel bag with my laptop working off her porch, just like I said I would <laughs> 15 years ago. How incredible. Yeah, it kind of all came full circle. Um, and then in 2015, I was like, okay, I've actually got to like get my own place. I can't live with my grandma. Um, so everyone was like, if you're going to be a professional cyclist, you really need to move to Boulder because mm. that's where it's at. So I did. Um, I moved to Boulder and I it was beautiful and it was great, but it just, it cost three times as much as Asheville and it offers less for me personally. Mm. Um Asheville is just such a progressive place. Everyone says that Boulder is really startup friendly, and I just didn't find that. It's startup friendly if you're uh, a rich white guy that has a bunch of capital already lined up, whereas I, I find that Asheville is like very much like, come start a business here and we'll help you no matter who you are. Mm. Um, so I moved back to Asheville in 2016 and have been here ever since. Amazing. Uh what for some contrast talk to us a little bit about the scale however you think about it so it's boxes it's uh subscribers it's whatever it is uh today mm -hmm. so that we can have some context of what was going on then 
like how what how our subscriber base now? Sure. Yeah. How, however, whatever way you want to think about it. Sure. We have three about three thousand customers, um, active subscribers now. We have a customer base of twenty five thousand um, across the board. Uh, we've been Asheville's. We've been on the list of Asheville's fastest growing startups. Um, 2021 and 2022. So wow. ever since we exited racing and kind of put our heads down, we've really been able to scale quite quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Wild. And so it's 2016, you're moving here. You're saying, all right, well, I'm, I'm still going to train. I'm running this business. What is this subscriber base look like? And is it effectively paying, you know, your rent yeah. plus, or like, what does the world look like in those early days? I, gosh, I'm, I don't know exactly the numbers. Yeah. I don't even know if we were at a thousand subscribers then. Um, I mean, it was it was enough to to get by. Yeah. I mean, obviously we were making money racing. We were on good teams. Most of the money's in prize money, so that's what the hard part is. Um, but we were luckily I was on good teams. We were doing decently. But between the the racing and the business, it was it was enough. It's not something that you're going to be, you know, banking in your 401k with, but it was, it was more than enough to, to be like living the dream, so uh, to speak. Uh, and that, that is sort of what my guess was. And so 2020 ish, you say, let's get serious. Uh, what does let's get serious look like tactically? So like what things begin to change when you're not maybe on the road, uh, pedaling, you know, yeah, that's a great four question. hours a day. I think most of it is just consistency. Um, so, you, I mean, you nailed it. Like generally what a work day looked like for me when I was still racing was that I'd get up at six, I'd work from six to 10. I would transition to my training. I'd ride from 10 to two, hmm. come back, eat lunch, um, and then put in a couple more hours on the back end. So it was more broken up. We were on the road a lot. So travel days really kind of mess everything up. Not that they mess it up. They just really pull away from that ability to be on point. Um, and really COVID kind of forced me mm. into this, um, because there was no racing in 2020. I was like, 2020 is going to be my last season, which I said every season for the past four years. Um, and, and then there was no racing. So what it looked like is me being able to sit at my computer for however long I needed to get it done rather than having all like the inconsistencies of going to train. I think that what I didn't realize is, you know, training is a lot more time than just the time you spend on your bike. It really, it really wipes you out. I mean, you're training hard and then you get back and it was just like mentally you were already exhausted. So now it's just diverting all that energy to being fully focused on the business. It allowed us to execute on a lot more initiatives. I'd say when I was still training, we did uh, what I like to refer to as the MVP, minimum viable product. So mm -hmm. it was like we did, we wanted number one priority to, for us was our customers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this has a negative impact on our customers. It needs to get taken care of. That's where like we wouldn't let that line cross. But as far as like launching new initiatives or going into new spaces, that wasn't critical, right? Mm -hmm. It was just like making sure that the customers that we had were serviced properly and just growing organically that way. So we weren't like funneling a bunch of money into marketing. We weren't launching new strategic initiatives. We were just doing enough. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we put our focus into it, we had so much time to look into, okay, so we're really good here and we're really solid with our current customers. How do we extend out? How do we move further? Um, mm. So that was a big transition. We just were, we had so much more scalability because we could now focus not only on our current customer, but also the growth cycle. That sounds 
right. <laughs> so like that sound, okay. So I'm going, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, to to kind of drill in, to double click, as I tend to say, to double click on that uh, practically. So does that mean like there's a single subscription box scope and you're either getting option one or you're getting option one, right? Like Ford said, like you can get any <laughs> Ford you want. It's just as long as it's black, right? Um, or however the saying goes, but like there was one subscription size and now you're like, all right, well we can do like just this or the, the deluxe and that wasn't an option before. Um, like what, what kind of strategic yeah. initiatives could be initiated? Sure. So we changed all our branding and packaging. Mm. Um, Which we, is super clean today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we worked hard on that. It, it literally used to come in a brown box with a black sticker on it. So, you know, like we really invested in the customer experience of mm -hmm. the unboxing because I think that's incredibly important. Um, I think we spent a lot of time um, getting new customers again. So we like really drilled into some of like our digital marketing strategies, email strategies, like Email marketing um, is time consuming. So that's something that we really extended and moved in on. We reskinned the website. So a lot of things that needed upgrading, hmm. we really worked on to, it's, you know, when you have an e-commerce business, it's not just about like being functional, it's about staying relevant. And so I think had we not done this, you start to lose that relevance. Everything around you is moving so quickly. And if you are not, yeah, when we came onto the scene, we were one of the, we were the first subscription box for runners. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's cool and novel. You can ship it in a brown box. But four years later, when there's eight other of you, how do you stay on top of it? So I think it was more of just like getting back ahead of the curve on all our packaging, all our presentation, all our messaging, um, really dialing that in and making sure we really hit it for the customer. Mm. And I think that had, a lot of a lot of big impacts i mean actually like real tactically the size of the box changed um so like we went from a smaller brown box we started realizing we're really leaving out a lot of items we want because of the size of the box we changed the size of the box um to go back to the ford you can get any car as long as it's black thing <laughs> we we didn't change that so the one thing about our business model right now which has lended to the new venture that can't we wait may peek under the covers, that, yeah. but so we have a discovery box. There's like, there's a lot of, there's three main categories of subscription boxes. One of them is discovery, which means we pick out everything and this is to introduce you to new products. Mm -hmm. That's what we are. So my business partner, um, man, she's so decorated. She, New Zealand national champion. She's really well-versed in sports nutrition. That's her domain in the business. She owns all the brand and partner relationships. Mm -hmm. um, we have an unbelievable team of ambassadors and professionals that kind of feed in everything new and upcoming. And she packages a box that is the latest and greatest but you have no say in what goes in mm -hmm. there. Because if you're subscribing, you probably, to give you a good idea of our demographic, we call them the middle of the packer. Um, if you're running a two and a half hour marathon, this may or may not be the right product for you. You're so dialed on what you want. You don't need someone to help you discover anything. Um, Which for folks at home is insanely fast. Insanely so you, yeah, so, fast. <laughs> so you're like, you're the best of the best and you have a team at this point. People are dying to give you product. You don't necessarily need a 
box for discovery. Yes. You, yeah, you're you're meeting with a nutritionist. You have your run coach. You have all these things dialed. You've got all the resources. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we we look at ourselves as a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that are more beginner, intermediate. Not to say that this isn't a good fit. If you're very avid, we have a lot of subscribers like that. But our core customer, they really are coming to us because they want a subject matter expert to say have this thing. So that's that's what we offer. We say here Love is it. the best and here it is. Um, so that, that I mean, that hasn't changed. We haven't offered other things other than that on our current website, mm-hmm. but we recognize that that is step one of the journey for somebody is to discover the things. Um, and maybe I'll just dive right into it on the Please. sneak peek. But so we're, we sit, we can capture people for about the customer lifespan with us. I mean, honestly, we've had people since we started. Sure. So we have people that have been on board since 2014 and we're already deciding like, what are we going to give them for their 10 year anniversary? Right. Uh, this is incredible. But we all, but if you look at the average life cycle, it's about two years. They come to us, mm-hmm. we help them discover what products they really, really like. And now they're going to buy more of them. Yeah. So we're like, this, where we've been working through this whole last year of where can we send them to buy more that's more convenient and easier? Because if they're getting 10 to 12 items in their box, are we sending them to 10 to 12 websites then to go get more? Because that seems really inefficient. If, and If only there was an easier way. If only there <laughs> were an easier way. Um, so And, and you, you're sending 10 to 12 items every 10 to 12 items in every box they ship every other month wow yeah yeah we load that's i mean we load them up uh and what is what are the price points so we have like um a good better best model of pricing so So there are tiers there's three tiers of pricing three fords you can get black pitch black or black 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 and Uh, yes got it yes (laughs) and we'll give you different pricing depending on how how, (laughs) we'll give you different interest rates basically so if you if you get a box as it ships it's forty dollars um if you get it every every six months, so that would be three boxes, um, $36 a box, and then if you pay for a year up front, it's $32 a box. Oh, wow, okay, but it's the same box. It's the just same box, box. yeah, That's it's just a different, yep, it's just how, like, at what interval do I yep. pay for them is Got what it. the variant is. And uh, the stuff in the box, right, if, so I'm, I'm getting six a year uh, versus every six months, so two, two a year, That's I'm just, I miss some of the stuff and that's just the name. No, you still get it all. Um, So they ship every two months. So if you pay every six months, you still get those three boxes. Pay every six months. All the difference is, is your payment interval. Got it. So you're, you're prepaying for a couple months, which is a cash flow thing and you're a finance person. So I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. Got it. So all the same box is just how frequently you're paying. Correct. Once a year, you're a better customer to us. Twice a year, a better customer every two months. Still great, but you can cancel at any point. We can't book that revenue. Like we don't know what's coming. We think it's coming and we have some level of certainty from the last uh, nine years. Absolutely. Got it. Cool. So, uh, all right. So it's all the same stuff, how you pay, the frequency with which you pay. I dig that. Uh, So now if there was only a better way to get these 10 to 12 things uh, for every two months, that's, you're almost at what, 70 to 80 possible items. Yes. Yes, you are. Um, And so we, we talked through this and I'd say one other thing that was happening at the same time for us is that um, we have a lot of friends, family members, things like this that were getting the boxes that 
they have no relationship to running or cycling at all. I'd say they're definitely like fitness enthusiasts of mm. some sort, but they were getting the boxes to support us. And they're like, man, I really love some of the stuff in here. How can I get more of it? Which made us realize like, hey, there there's an opportunity here that is so much bigger um, than running or cycling. Of course, that was like a passion project for us when we were racing mm. and it made a lot of sense, but we're like, there, there's a need here across anyone in any sport mm -hmm. to be able to go and get nutrition and gear to support them. And if you look, it doesn't exist. So I've done a ton of market research on this mm -hmm. and the biggest player where you can go get sports nutrition is Amazon. And that makes sense. And they have 36% market share. Sure. Um, they have a ton of assortment, but what they don't have is information, knowledge. That's a place Always you go. Issue. Oh, yeah, the the Amazon's fantastic at what they do. I will, I'm not, like, you can have you, no... <laughs> overwhelmed, you have two options. You're either going to get every single option or you're going to say, what does Amazon recommend? And that doesn't necessarily relate to how yeah. good is the thing. How good is the thing? Yeah. And I think especially when you're talking about sports nutrition, yeah. there's an educational component. When do I use this? How do I use this? Do I have this before? I exercise, do I have it after? Mm -hmm. So that's your one choice. Unlimited assortment, very limited information um, and limited vetting. Yeah. Your other choice is to go, well, I'll tell you, GNC is the next biggest player. I'll, let's play a game. How much market share does GNC have in the it, sports if nutrition If Amazon sake? has 30, uh, GNC is at most 10 to 15. One. No way. One So Vitamin percent. Shop would be a, another one They don't percent? even blip on there. What? So. GNC is the only other one that even gets a spot on the map because they have 1% and then 63% lives in all these individual websites. So yeah. individual sole proprietors, Honey Stinger, Goo, I mean, any of it, what yeah. have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? Yes. So you're, so then your choice. How did GNC fumble the bag like that? Cause they're in every <laughs> mall in the world. They are, but nobody really, really goes, I agree. Runs to go to brick and mortar anymore. And I yeah. think that this is what I will say about it. Personal opinion. Sure. GNC, um, has gone the route of producing their own line, which then there's a bias there, right? Choose this GNC product. Well, how do I know if that works or if you're just yeah you know you're slinging it because it's your brand um it's become very supplementary and it has for lack of a better term a ton of bro culture around it um great no argument you know like I, I for better or worse right like there's or, or or like corporate right it's like there's there i would argue there's a lack of culture almost like there's sure. no brand it's so sterile yeah it's so no sterile brand. so if i mean gnc Great, they fumbled the ball. There's yeah. no better way to say it. Yeah. Like they just haven't done a good job. Wow. Um, so you have all these individuals that have come out um, and they all have their own individual websites. They'll give you a wealth of information and that's fantastic, but they give you no assortment, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can go on that website and get that brand and that's great, now I've got my protein. Okay, let's move to hydration. That brand, that website, it's so inconvenient. So there's really nothing in the middle that mm. meets what an athlete actually needs, which is assortment with some education and recommendation. So together with a couple co-founders, we're launching a whole new venture um, called Fuel Goods. 
and it is a sports marketplace, uh, sport agnostic. You can do any sport. Yeah. You can have any healthy lifestyle. Uh, you can come there. You'll be able to source all of that all in one place. We're going to use some pretty rad technology to give you some solid recommendations. And off those recommendations, you can then customize to your personal preference, all auto ship based. So similar in nature, right? Because sports nutrition is consumed. It's consumed. It's necessary. Yeah. It's consumed and it's hard to find at like an Ingalls or something like this. Yeah. Wow. What's, uh, first of all, love a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> I love a good name. That's a good name. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we had wear on a couple of weeks ago and one of the things I, I, I called it like, you know, outsourcing decision-making, right? Like I don't want to do all the research. Some people do like Gilly does for sustainable sure, stuff. Sure. Great. You know, do that. And then <laughs> he's the villain in the movie, but in the movie, the Italian job, uh, the characters are talking about what they're going to do with all the money that they've gotten. <laughs> And then this one guy, uh, played by, uh, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, the one guy goes, yeah, those all sound good. I'll do that. And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, I'll do what you guys chose. You're the sound guy. You love sound. You're the car guy. You look good. I'll take one of each. Um, and in a lot of ways, while I don't want to be the villain, I do want to kind of outsource the infinite possible options to the person that I would consider most knowledgeable in that space, just tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. And then uh, if you're great at uh, you know top of funnel customer acquisition, having some sort of con continuity offer that isn't random, whether or not it actually is, I, I don't know, but like isn't randomized, makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. How many, how many products are you going to start with? Like how many? So we're going to start or with brands. somewhere between 150 to 200. Um, so I think a solid assortment. I remember I'm like the biggest data geek in yeah. the world. So I always go with like MVP, proof mm -hmm. of concept. Mm -hmm. I think that um, go, like doing surveys and letting people tell you what they want the reality is, is that their behavior is always different, different. than what they say. Yeah. So we want to seed the marketplace with some of the brands we have relationships with mm -hmm. that we really love and we know are solid and then watch where people's uh, data driven, like make data driven decisions. Sure. What is the behavior telling us? And then drive really hard into those lanes mm -hmm. rather than just blowing out. We don't want to be Amazon, right? You we want to have vetted yeah. assortment because assortment is overwhelming. So we never want to get to a place where now it's confusing yeah. unless we can give a really solid recommendation that says, Hey, we may have a thousand products, but these 20 are for you. So I think we need to yeah. scale the product line with the algorithm, right? So mm -hmm. the smarter we can get at making recommendations, the larger the assortment can be, yeah. but we don't want to assort too quickly so that now we just become another space of noise and overwhelm. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, it, cause even, even if, the total skews, let's say, goes up. It is, I mean, I can't, maybe there's how many different choices can you make for, you know, like we have, we have protein. You care about protein. Well, tell us more about yourself. I don't eat animal products. Cool. So now you have three types of protein or seven or whatever it is, pea protein, algae, like whatever it is, there, yeah. there aren't, it's not infinite. And we've chosen these three providers in the space. All of them are great. 
That's now correct. it's going to be flavor profile. Yep. It's, and But you've already, if you're unsure, go to Runnerbox. <laughs> you know, well, like, that, that's the really beautiful part. And I think you've, you've hit an important point here yeah. is that, um, a lot of these people will have already the runner learned. and rider box is going to exist and keep flourishing right. this is a whole new separate business but kind of the the ecosystem that the two of them together create is really awesome because we can say to all of these discovery clients here's a brand new bar which again think of this from the um from the producer standpoint though I, not from the client right like wait. they really need to sample their product. Like yeah. you're just not gonna go buy something you've never tried and then go run a marathon or, you know, go play a new soccer match. Too scary, right? Like I'm staying with what well, I know. Especially when the stakes are high. Correct. Right. It has to be off season or something else, right? It can't be the night you don't change the night before the race. Exactly. Or the week of the race. Exactly. So yeah. we're gonna be able to sample these products um through runner and rider box, but then we can say, hey, why don't you, did you love it? Did you like it? Um, cause mind you, no matter how awesome your product is, it's not for everyone, yeah. but for the people that it is for, then they can go back. Now we have a channel that they can go purchase more of it. And again, like owning that entire space is where the real value lies. Um, and it's, and it's the big differentiator because I think anyone can do one or the other, but I think when you kind of smash the two together, uh, that partnership creates a huge amount of value. No argument. <laughs> Completely agree. That's uh, that's really exciting. Okay, um, let's talk about to your point. So we have customer side, right? So you, you ramped up brand, you ramped up messaging, um, and it's worked in so much as more customers than ever. You're uh, you know venture fifteen fastest growing business in Asheville, a couple of years in a row now. Uh, no no breaks, all gas currently, which is awesome. Now on the business side, on the vendor side, on the producer side, uh, how have relationships evolved? I imagine early days, you're doing like a bunch of outbound messaging. Hey, can we have some stuff? We got 600 people. Like, how do we do this? It's going to be great for you. And now people are probably like, how do we get in your box? Uh, talk to me a little bit about how relationships have changed and how you think about stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, definitely. I would say one of the key things has been repeat business. So I think, I mean, we kind of touched on it that so many people had a subscription box. There was like this boom and everyone and their dog opened a subscription yeah. box the, for this thing. The best thing. business to be in was a subscription software business where you were selling yeah, yeah, box yeah. software. For sure, uh, for sure. I think a buddy of mine sold <laughs> Yeah, sold good for him, yeah. There. Yeah, so everyone was doing it. Um, but a lot of people weren't doing it well. Like they didn't come to it with a business mindset because sure you're servicing your customers, but your relationships with your vendors are just as important. And a lot of people were just throwing whatever they could get for free in a box, mm -hmm. sending it out. And I mentioned that there was several other subscription boxes for runners. None of them exist today. No They've all gone out of business except for maybe one other one. Sure. But like a lot of them didn't weather because they didn't set up their relationships in a way that would provide long-term viability. So yeah. we provide an entire marketing package for our customers. And I know that we touched on it slightly when I said, hey, we ship boxes every other month. Yeah. I don't know of any other subscription service that does that. A lot of them do it quarterly. Um, but when we did start monthly and we would get people posting on Instagram and they were like, look at my runner box drawer, it's awesome. And 
when we saw that, they thought it was great. Yeah. We were like, whoa, we missed Trash. it. Trash. Because they didn't sample the thing. Yeah. And for our vendors, that was the whole point. We wanted you to try it so you could figure it. out if you liked it and then go back and get more. So we mm. said, let's change this. We're going to every other month. It gives people more time to try everything because like we just talked about, there's only certain situations you might want to be willing to try something new. Um, and then for our vendors, they get twice as long in that marketing channel. Mm -hmm. So we get two months to market them rather than one. So I think that's really set us apart. And for a lot of these companies, to go back to your original question, a lot of these companies worked with several different boxes. Mm -hmm. Since we provided a different level of service, when they launch a new product, when they launch a new flavor, they're already coming to us. Um, so we, for forecasting purposes, we know pretty far out, like the, they're like, we're gonna launch this thing in Q3, uh, next winter, next fall, whatever, and we could just slate them in there and have them down. Um, so our brand relationships have evolved in a way that we have some distinct partnerships that we are so good, right? Like mm. we have a great relationship with them, they have a great relationship with us. We can kind of plan out the whole year so it's less uh, scrambled, you know, it's, it's not as much of I have to imagine it's like, uh... I'm forgetting the myth, but the guy, Sisyphus, maybe, who yeah, 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 the ball, yeah, up, the the ball hill, up the hill. And you're yeah. like, finally, the boxes are out. Oh, no, we need to rebuild a box. It's a hard business. Yeah. I would say it's it's not an easy business because um, you are constantly having to go through this discovery process yourself. I mean, people pay for us to do it because they don't want to do it because it's a lot of work. Um, I think we definitely have it more dialed. There's certain trade shows we go to. Like I said, we have great relationships. Now, so interesting antidote like we go to expo east every year sometimes expo west it's like a natural product show where everyone's launching new brands mm -hmm. and we used to go and have our business cards and say this is what we do and we'd really love to feature you in the box etc cetera, etc cetera. and people be like oh that's neat now when we go to the show um people are like oh the runner and rider box and a lot of these branding partners they're they're not uh brand specific so these consultants get hired and they work for a lot of these different food companies. So now they know us. And when we go, they're like, oh, you have to work with these guys. They do a great job. So I think just our representation precedes us now. So we don't have to do a lot of that storytelling anymore because people already know, which is obviously hugely helpful. So it's become much easier to source yeah. product. Um, yeah, it's the long and short of it. Have you like purchased a bunch of other domains with verb er box? <laughs> we we haven't um because like we just we really don't necessarily see the need for that okay. i think it's a very interesting idea um i haven't even personally gone and, and seen if they're available because kind of this this shift to brand agnostic that mm -hmm. the new platform will be or sport agnostic i should say um it makes a lot of sense to us because I think you're really splitting hairs when, especially when you get into team sports, like, sure. Is it for football? Is it for basketball? Does it matter? Well, it, it, it seems, and I, this is a worthwhile clarifying yeah. question. It seems that the, the fuel goods. Yeah. Okay. Fuel goods is primarily nutrition based, whereas the boxes could be a little bit more widgets and stuff. Right. So we talked about lube. Right. Yep. Like, I don't know if fuel goods, maybe it'll have thigh lube and like, like nipple pouches or whatever <laughs> runners do weirdos. I'm not, I run for punishment. <laughs> you know, like that was my sports. I the t-shirt was always like, you know, your punishment is my sport. And it's true. But like, I love 
running fast on a field in a game and then if it's running i'm like no i totally hear that like team sports growing up like conceptually it was very hard for me like you're starting and finishing (laughs) at the same place um so i hear that so fuel goods will have if it's consumable Mm -hmm. it'll be on there if you can find it in a runner or rider box it will be on there so like when we use the word fuel we we use it in a general sense of anything Mm -hmm. that would fuel your active lifestyle right so um a lot of those consumable products will be there but the the focus will be nutrition so sure. the way that i like to describe it to people is like if you flipped a dick sporting goods on its head right so if you go to dicks they've got a lot of hard goods and it's like bats and balls and all this and then when you go to the Check checkout out. aisle they do have a assortment of nutrition flip that right over and that's kind of what the marketplace will look like it will have a focus on sports nutrition but for those things that lie really adjacent and you you need on a regular basis that consumable is kind of the the differentiator we'll have those on there as well but they definitely won't be as much of the focus hello are you watching on youtube listening on your favorite podcast player if you're not on youtube perhaps consider it because behind us you would notice that we are in an absolutely beautiful space and that space is our season sponsor, Ernest Ready-Made Warehousing. And so if you're not familiar with Ernest, uh, it is fantastic. I am joined here by my wife, Sarah Ubertaccio, founder hey. of QB Cucina, and one of Ernest's newest clients. Yeah, excited to be back on the podcast. Great to have you back. Episode 110, if you haven't listened before. But what we want to talk about today is why you chose Ernest and what makes Ernest stand out, let's say, compared to uh, finding a new office space in town to fulfill from. As a very high level, Ernest is a 30,000 square foot facility on Sweeten Creek, just south of Asheville. Huge facility, beautiful facility. Uh, why did you choose to go with Ernest instead of any other place in Asheville? Yeah, well, I have a small growing business, e-commerce. We sell pasta tools and Italian kitchenware. And we currently outgrew the space that we were in and really needed um, a different kind of space. And so I love Ernest. I love the fact that uh, as we grow, Ernest can scale with us. So they have different sized co-warehousing spaces. Um, so if we, if we grow bigger, we can just quickly move over to a different space within the same building, which is a really huge time saver. I also really love that they have daily, sometimes multiple times a day, um, pickups from UPS, FedEx, and USPS. So we don't have to worry about packages getting lost or stolen, and our team doesn't have to drop them off at the post office. And it just saves us all a bunch of time and headache. Um, and also they have temperature controlled rooms, which for a business like us, we, one of our products is pasta flour. It's really sensitive to temperature. It's really, really important for us to make sure that our products are secure and not, um, not getting damaged while they're being stored in our warehouse. Um, and I love all the other amenities. I love they have a photography studio so we can quickly photograph our products. They have a full break room. Um, they have co-working space that we're able to use for our meetings with team members and other people um, that may come to, to see us. And then just the sense of community being around other uh, small businesses is something that we currently don't have. And I'm really, really looking forward to, to connecting with others here. I love that. EarnestReady.com if you've not uh, visited that before. Or you can check out makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest. And we have a bunch of information about the partnership we've built for this season, as well as some perhaps special discounts and incentives. If you happen to be a e-commerce business or the right fit for Ernest, you should definitely check out makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest, E-R-N-E-S-T. And back to the episode. I'm like, ooh, that's a... fun word that could be a box <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, yeah, yeah yeah we i mean we definitely are going to t- 
to um but, but what's the opportunity opportunity is not that opportunity is uh fuel goods from where i'm standing uh, and i'm super excited for you on it that's i don't think you need to do a third box <laughs> don't don't take that as like should you it's just so much but it's it could like, just be a redirect yeah, yeah like exactly like yeah. have you have you squatted on any of yeah. these sites um to just kind of like like one of the things i remember hearing uh, i was reading a book on um uh, it might have been like barrel aged stout and selling out it was like a beer industry growth book and i remember hearing you know like it was i don't know some florida-based brewery had their area code as the, the beer style and it had done really well and then something like anheuser-busch bought like 40 like you know put trademarks down on 40 area codes preemptively and I was yeah like, oh that's a gross thing but also like if you can do it yeah like, you can do it if you can do it you can do it um so that was that was mostly where i was headed to um consumables what type of hard goods in like so were you doing were you ever doing socks running bibs or, or you know we, tank yeah. tops stuff? we we have had some stuff yeah. um for the most part because on the runner and rider box you can get a Ford as long as it's black. We we steered away from a lot of things that would Sizing. be sized. Um, but we have definitely done like buffs and headwear. We have done some socks and we've just been like, for companies that have a, a size that's like medium large and mm -hmm. it's for the most part, one size fits all. We've done like recovery sleeves and stuff like that. So we have done it. I think we're just more careful with it. We do have um, strategic partnerships. So we have a partnership with the Parkinson's Foundation. They have a program uh, called the Parkinson's Foundation Champions where mm. people sign up for charity runs. So um, our relationship with them, we send them a runner box that also has their t-shirt and bib. Sure. It's not that we can't assort by size. Um, it's just a little bit more technical yeah, where sure. when you're sending one box that's just all the same, yeah, everyone's it, everyone's teeth are the same size, right? You have one toothbrush. Yes, uh, exactly. I, I gotcha. But on the new website, we'll have much more flexibility because there's a lot of customization. So mm -hmm. yet to be determined how that will look. Interesting. So, but, but the difference would be like, do you want a one pound bag of protein versus five or Correct. like the biggest? Yes, right, exactly. Because right now scalping. we we definitely are putting it in there so you don't have to buy the whole tub, right? right? Like try it. And then if you want to go get the whole tub, mm -hmm. um, then go to this place. So what thoughts are you thinking when, um, well, I have, I can go two ways. First, I'm going to, I'm going to not ask about fuel goods though. I want to, and say <laughs> what, um, systems. So you've talked about brand and mm -hmm. things. What systems have come into, in, into action that, uh, maybe didn't exist that have increased the efficiency overall. So you talked about, uh, the your your product partners telling you their roadmap a year in advance so you can like that's a, it has to increase in efficiency um, are there softwares on the site are the, what are some of the things yeah. that have uh, improved the business that maybe are behind the scenes Yep, that's a great question. Um, so I will say that we're currently on a WooCommerce website. We've been working on, yes, I know, shocking, because we're, we are moving. We have a new go live. October 1st, we'll have a brand new website that's on Shopify, um, a long time in the making, because WooCommerce does not make it 
easy to automate a lot of things, but we did have a tool on there called Automate Woo, mm. which ran a lot of processes in the background. We layered um, Metric over the top of it for all the data extraction, um, which was really great. And then I personally build out a lot of models to make things a lot faster. Um, a lot of the systems were really antiquated, especially with our warehouse. So we use a 3PL for fulfillment. Mm -hmm. um, that's in Michigan, and also concurrently with our website going live, we're moving to Ernest. Exciting. On October 1st, so very, very, it's a very exciting move for us for a lot of different reasons. I think that um, we've wanted to do fulfillment out of Asheville for a very long time, and there wasn't a solution that existed for us. Um, fulfillment is not our core competency, like packing boxes, warehousing. We So we truly believe that outsourcing that is the right way to go. Uh, and we had a really great partner in Michigan. However, it's in Michigan and we're in Asheville. So um, when Ernest came here, I mean, I, I honestly, it's been such a problem that I have said for the past year, if someone doesn't open a fulfillment center, I'm going to. Wow. Um, because we have, I mean, you have an entire season of podcasting about it. We have a lot of e-commerce companies that are here. They want to scale. They want to grow. And fulfillment is a huge part of that. And if you're packing boxes in your garage, you can't get on top of the business. Um, so when Ernest said that they're going to be here and that they're we're going to be doing fulfillment, we actually uh, we pitched at Demo Day last year mm -hmm. at The Mule, which is right next mm -hmm. door. Um, and Jamie... Daniels came up to me and she said, hey, if you're packing boxes, we need to know each other. And that's how the whole conversation started. And now, you know, almost a year later, we'll be here. But it's a very, very exciting move for us because I think that is really going to improve scalability. Being so far from your product, I don't think is a good way yeah. to run a business. And, and I mean, like I said, the center we worked with was amazing and fantastic. We have nothing bad to say about them other than that the location wasn't where the business was. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a big strategic move for us. And that will change a lot of things. We hope that the software here will be a lot quicker. Because for me as a data person, I want all the customer data immediately, mm -hmm. which Metric helps us do. I want it to be cleaned very quickly, which we have a bunch of macros and a bunch of workbooks that are doing that, which is not the best way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's the way that works right now. I think as we move over to Shopify, the whole world kind of opens up for us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just just like the basic tools that everyone's using. I mean, when Slack came out, what a better way to communicate for us when most of the people that we work with are remote. We hired a lot of athletes um, because I wanted to give them the same opportunity as I had to race and be moving. Um, Zapier we use all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, I don't, I wouldn't say, I can't think of anything that's super novel and crazy that we do. Um, but I think we're definitely, um, with AI coming in, mm -hmm. we've already integrated a lot of that into our content writing and social media. I say for me personally, I think it's a great tool to use that um, needs human tweaking. <laughs> so that's where I lie on the issue. But I think if you don't, if you aren't using it in your business, you're already getting behind. Sure. So we're starting to layer that in into a lot of our content. And I think that will be as we build out a much bigger platform that has a lot more content that will be a very big part of our strategy is just like how do we consume data and how do we spit it back out to a consumer in a way that's platable in our brand voice, things like that. So those are a lot of the decisions we're thinking through right now. But the move to Shopify is going to be critical. It's very long overdue. Mm. Um, we spent about a year and a half building a custom website that we never launched into the universe, um, which we learned a lot of things that got us very far.
Was that that was the WooCommerce WordPress? No, version WooCommerce. Of the site? WooCommerce. When we started to grow very quickly, yeah, we really maxed out that tech. It's sure. like, whoa, we can't. Yeah. We're we're done here. Um, so this was when Shopify didn't even have subscriptions as a native option. Right. So we're like, we're going to build a custom website because we oh fully custom, fully custom, oh fully, fully custom. custom. Got it. And you never launched the fully. No, custom we got stuff. about ninety five percent of the way there, um, and it was just at that stage, it was. The way it was built, it was like horizontally built rather than vertically. Mm -hmm. So every time they tweaked one thing, 12 things broke. Mm. And by this time, I'm like, we're not spending any more money on this because now a year and a half, in, in a year and a half, what Shopify was able to accomplish was unbelievable. Yeah. And I was like, we would be best off to put this shovel down and just start over on Shopify. Um, so that's the decision that we made and that's what we'll be launching this October. Um, which we're excited about. I mean, I think what got me excited about custom was my ability to own all the data. Sure. Because um, for me, you can make a lot of money by really understanding the customer. That's it. But Shopify has advanced so much um, that there's really little that you're losing by moving over to that platform. I, it's hard, hard to argue, and I would I have to agree. I think uh, I have a whole spiel at this point on different platforms for different businesses at different times even of the business but if you are in the business of selling a physical thing to humans that don't come and pick it up yep <laughs> probably should be on shopify case closed right like sure. there's other things for other things um but yeah wow okay um those all make a ton of sense my I, my mind goes, well, we should talk about something. So uh, AI doesn't need, you don't need to be the world's for, foremost expert in is it going to take over the world or not. But if you're writing things, you probably should do V1 with it or write your V1, send it to it. And then that's V1.5 and then make your second edit after whatever it gives you back. Um, and if you're not like, ask yourself, why not? Uh, that all makes sense. Zapier, if that's not a known that's like a, um, it's like an API connector. So systems that don't normally talk to each other, when you use a product like a Zapier, you can make them talk to each other. I imagine the Excel file brain that you have uh, loves that you can take data, throw it into a Google Sheet or whatever. Do you use Google Sheets? I, got not. I, I do Excel, when I have Excel. to. I do when yeah. I have to. They have a time and place, just yeah. like a website has a time. They have a time and place where they're very yeah. relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Accountants don't use Excel. <laughs> I know I know that that's true. You were in accounting, not accounting. I was not in accounting. I was in finance. 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 So Either more way. on the modeling side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, forgive me for even saying It's Google. fine. It's <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, that's fully Excel. And especially when you said macros, I, I knew better. I knew better. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the idea that you could take disparate systems, pump them into, and this isn't the most sophisticated way to do it, but like you can pump them into a spot and at the very least, if this happens, then do this, great. And now all of a sudden you're cleaning up data or enriching data or whatever, or at least just automating the next step that you would normally. A hundred percent. And I think that as um, someone with a very entrepreneurial startup mindset, you have to utilize tools like that because you can get anything made yeah. or you can find anything off the shelf that's going to be really, really expensive. And I think that the one thing that I just can't advocate for enough is just, first of all, when someone tells you it can't be done, it probably can be. Um, it just probably needs to look differently. So it's like thinking outside of the box and then also 
finding solutions that um, that may not be perfect, but they work mm -hmm. and they cost a tenth of what it would cost to get the big box company to do it for you. Mm -hmm. I think that you've got to do that because like you're just too small to be able to afford the technology. Like we go back to data. I would, I'd love to have SaaS. Mm -hmm. We're not buying that contract. I mean, I'm just not going to have the tools I had when I was at Royal Caribbean, but that doesn't mean that I can't still do the same thing. So yeah. I think it's just about being resourceful and then figuring out what you really need. Because if we can find this workaround that may not be forever, by the way, um, it's not scalable. Don't worry about that at the beginning, right? Like just see if you actually need the thing mm -hmm. because you integrate this solution that's maybe a little wonky. Um, and you're like, oh my gosh, the customers didn't do what I want. I don't need that thing anyway. Or, oh my gosh, this is going to be so much more profitable. This is worth investing in. I think those are the decision point that as an entrepreneur, it's really important to be able to get to. Mm. Um, and those getting to those data points, they just take some workarounds. It's just, it's not going to be the choice, I just will never make that choice of, I have to spend $100,000 on this thing with no information. So I'm the person that's like, I need some level of information, even if the information's not perfect mm -hmm. and it's not, I'm not collecting it in a way that I can do forever. I'm like, well, let's just collect it for long enough to make the choice. Informed decision. Yeah. Yeah, let, it, let uh, numbers provide intuition if nothing else. And you know, there's sometimes a shock or an awe, like at, whoa, yeah, Zapier, at the amount of API calls, it's like $200 a month. It's subscription for $200 a month. And you're like, well, my box is 40, that's six. Like, you know, all of a sudden you're like, wait, what am I doing here that I'm not paying for this thing yep. to do it? Like how many hours of a human is that? Not many, right? Like, yep. it's like if you can have it happen all the time instantly or every time you push a go, it happens, people, um, and so, yeah, that's, but that's not always, especially early days or like with air quotes, perfectionists who are, uh, they want getting in their perfect. own way yeah. often, uh, a phrase that came up was like, go ugly early. If you go <laughs> ugly early, you can then a get out in front of problems before their actual problems, B identify solutions to problems early and not. Uh, create solutions that don't work. Right. To your and, point. And fix the problem with a hundred people rather than a hundred thousand. Right. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. And, uh, and hats off to you on doing something that I don't know. Not many people can, or shall I say, have, have told me about like the sunk cost fallacy of like, we're in this thing for a year and a half we're gonna launch the website, as opposed to, hey, we're in this thing for a year and a half, lesson learned, on to the next. Like, that is hard. It is very people. hard, it is very hard. I will say that I I did not, I should, in hindsight, I wish I would've put that shovel down six months sooner, because mm. um, we worked on it for about a year and a half, and I wish at a year, it would've been like, we're done. We It felt so close that I'm like, we're right around the corner. But I am very glad um, that we eventually did make that choice. To your point, it was not an easy one, but yeah. I know it was the right one. Um, but I, I think you're right. Some people get so deep into it that they're just like- Ego, pride, Right, I'm smashing my head into the wall. This is it, we're gonna make it happen. When I think that, um, 
some of the most beautiful things happen due to timing, right? Sure. So I think that although in the moment you can't exactly see that, it just lines you up for that next thing. Like had we moved forward on that custom build, I don't know if you and I would be talking about fuel goods because yeah. I certainly wouldn't be building a second custom, custom yeah. application. Yeah. Um, so Which begs a question, what are the approximate build times on Shopify for both these projects? Great question. Or all three of yep. these. So um, the new runner and rider box sites, they launch on October 1st. So we're Soon. Uh, this a is, month this, out. Yeah, this will be uh, early <laughs> September out. when this airs. Yep. 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 So we're very, very close. Um, and then the the real beauty is that I think we we did spend some time really, really testing out the apps that we wanted to use. So, I mean, every platform's a little different. WooCommerce calls them plugins. Mm -hmm. Shopify calls them apps. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like with subscriptions, you need to get a third party provider mm -hmm. that manages those subscriptions. There's lots of different options. We vetted them very, really? very heavily yeah. um, to make sure that not only that they did the thing we wanted now, but that they would do the thing we wanted to in the future. Sure. Um, I think if you know the apps you're going to use, yeah. I mean, you could build a Shopify site quick, really, really quickly. I yeah. mean, depending on how fancy you want it to look, you could easily build a Shopify site in a week. And I think that even with a decent level of customization, you could build it in a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. really, on it, truly. So that, I mean that makes sense to me. The one of the differences that I I believe WordPress has just recently been able to solve for it. But one of the differences I remember is like typically in WordPress there's like a license for a, for a plugin, so you pay one ninety nine one time. Yes. Or you pay whatever it is like once, and then you have a license, and then every once in a while they'll upgrade and put like a barrier to additional bells and whistles uh, that you pay for one time and on uh, Shopify, they can have it be tied to sales individually, they can email sent, API, whatever, the, whatever yes. almost whatever they want. And so the price on some of the apps, as they call it, can get big, but they can also meaningfully impact overall sales. Yes. And so it's like, well, you're paying for this value that they're creating. Yes. How, how is it looking in terms of like the difference for y'all? It is more expensive to be on Shopify for sure. Um, if you look at it on a monthly basis, so like you got it exactly right, Shopify has monthly fees for Shopify itself, mm -hmm. which- uh, Based on the amount of information that you WordPress want access to. WordPress is a total open source yeah. free thing. WooCommerce is a one-time fee or maybe a hundred bucks a year. I mean, it's so nominal. Yeah, Anything nominal. that you pay a fee on is, is practically nothing, whereas Shopify um, is not nominal. So like, I think, like for example, their their like standard plan. I think it's probably forty nine seventy nine, and then two thousand to be mm -hmm. on Shopify Plus if mm -hmm. you want to customize any of your checkout or anything substantial. Um, and that's just for the base layer. Then you're going to have to add on um, a lot of apps. The most common subscription app is Recharge, which charges five hundred bucks a month plus one percent of revenue. Um, as you scale, that one percent one percent is a big chunk yeah. when you're already paying 500 bucks a month for the thing. Uh -huh. um, we did not go with recharge, um, spoiler alert, although most people do. Yeah. That is that is absolutely the most popular app. Um, I'm not saying that it's bad. We just had different things that we wanted. Yeah. Um, like money. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it does. It adds up very, very quickly. Quick. You yeah. could easily be spending a thousand bucks on 
apps, let alone the Shopify monthly fee, plus all your transaction fees. Um, so it is a little bit of a hard pill to swallow when you start looking at your financials. But I will tell you, I can't tell you how much money I've spent on developers fixing WooCommerce mm-hmm. problems because the things don't work properly. Where if what I look at it with the Shopify cost is that you're paying, that's your developer fee because these people are charging you a monthly fee, but within that fee, they're maintaining the app. They're making sure it works all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like an amortized cost of the developer rather than paying some dude 5,000 bucks on one shot. And on, and on the WordPress side, uh, the, um, the sweat inducing the site is down because of, plugin was updated and had some line of code that kills everything. everything. Yep. And oh, all you had to do is click this one thing or remove this one parentheses and it's fixed. But who are you going to find that knows that you got to go back to the last update? Are we updating daily? Did it forget? So like, did customer data disappear? <laughs> did the transactions that happened while it was down happen? Um, but to put it in context, yeah. we had all our prepaid um, subscriptions were based off a plugin on WooCommerce and the developer of the plugin just said, we're not doing it anymore. We're deprecating it. So now we have hundreds of thousands of prepaid revenue that is not going to renew. It's not going to do anything. Um, and it just became, so when I say we outgrew that platform, like it became a absolute disaster to manage that. We interrupt this episode with a horror story, an e-commerce horror story that my wife, Sarah Ubertaccio, experienced, but I'm going to preface, she's not alone. You might be an e-commerce store owner, you might have a friend who's an e-commerce store owner, and uh, this story is universal, though specific. Sarah, please take it away. Yeah, well, I own a small business called QB Cucina, and we sell Italian pasta tools and kitchenware. And in our previous space where we were fulfilling from, one day my employee was packaging up a bunch of packages to ship via UPS, and UPS did not pick up from this location. And so she was going to package them up and take them out to the car and drive them to UPS. Well, it was raining a lot that day. As it tends to here in Asheville. Yes, as it tends to here in Asheville. And on her way, taking the dolly out to her car, uh, some packages just flew off the dolly were soaking wet she was soaking wet and then she had to repackage them like go back up to the office and repackage them because they were ruined and and couldn't be shipped out so yeah and uh a i'm so sorry to hear that story that's a heartbreaker now you don't have to worry about that happening anymore because you work at Ernest ready-made warehouse and they have daily pickups and deliveries from FedEx, UPS, and USPS. Yes, it's like it's like suddenly we have a valet and concierge at our fingertips, which is amazing. Um, they have daily pickups from from all the major shipping carriers, and they have a huge loading dock, so we can receive our shipments very easily, twenty four hours of the day, every day of the week, which is amazing. To learn more about Ernest Ready Made Warehouse, visit makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest E R N E S T. We have uh, all sorts of information about this season, about our sponsor, Ernest, ReadyMade, and uh, offer a very special incentive for those of you who are small business owners in Asheville who could benefit from this facility. Back to the episode. So, And that uh, won't happen on Shopify. Sure. So there's that peace of mind <laughs> yeah. that you know, yeah. you're, you're really, everything is always up to date and going to be working. Yeah. 
And if there's not, there's one neck to ring, as they say, Correct. so to speak. <laughs> uh, and whether or not that turns out to be true, I'm sure that people will point and say, no, it's the it's a plugin, it's the thing, it's a talk to them. Talk. But either way, okay, um, so months instead of 18 months yeah. and put the shovel down. Uh, when thinking about building feel goods, Fuel goods with fuel. I, I want to go feel, which great name. That's because I might go feel good, feel good, fuel. Feel good, good feel good. Yeah, love it. Uh, couldn't love it more. When thinking about building fuel goods, obviously we're going to be on Shopify. What other things are you thinking about, like bringing into this launch strategically? So this e-commerce season, talked to a lot of types of businesses. We are not pre-launch on anything. Maybe a new SKU. Maybe a uh, we're doing. Uh, you know, our, our house brand of a product line, which I I heard you say that you're not into, or at least it can make for uh, a shopping experience where you have to take into question, like, what are these recommendations if they have a house brand? Uh, so I hear that. But like, those are the only two examples of launches that we're talking Kickstarter, new product, uh, expanding a line internally, not launching a wholesale new concept what are you thinking about when launching this wholesale new concept when we're with this wholesale new concept i mean i'd say the flagship product that we'll have on there is um the build your own box mm -hmm. which oh. yeah um well actually it's going to be a build your own case so you can get a case of the feel goods mm -hmm. um but it it allows the customization right so we'll have we'll use generative ai to create templates or we'll just use athletes to create templates right like this is what oh, i train sorry. with um so we can feed those up to people say here's what we recommend right like we'll have nutritionists we'll have people that say this is if you you'll fill out a questionnaire i run a marathon i play basketball four times a week whatever it may be and we'll say here's what we recommend for you from there you can customize it um and you can build your own box so we're we're runner box as a business was you can get a Ford, at least it's black. Fuel goods as a business is you can get whatever you want, however yeah. you want it. We're, we're the Big Mac, have it your way, right? Yeah. Like, and, um, and we will keep your credit card on file. Yep. And you worry not, it'll arrive. Worry not, it will arrive. You can change it, you can customize it. We're coming out with some really, really fun features. Um, I think are exciting at least. So surprise item in any mm. category you want. So say you you know you love these eight things, but you also really like to stay on top of the latest trends. You say, hey, every box, throw in an extra healthy snack, like throw in one more healthy snack that's the newest, latest, greatest. So we keep that like surprise and awe of subscription boxes um, mm. within this thing that you can customize. So some of the, those are like a little bit of the fun features we're throwing in, a lot of retention, um, retention modules so like we'll have a really uh, awesome referral program this was something that was important to me that the developers are like it can't be done mm -hmm. and i was like it can be done and we will find a way to do it um because right now for me like referral programs are generally like if i tell you about this thing ten you're bucks, going to get ten dollars off and i'm going to get ten dollars yeah however when i get ten dollars it goes to some email that then i have to go into my user portal and i've got to apply it to my subscription i'm like no that's not what we want it's got to be absolutely seamless, seamless yeah. i want if i refer a friend i want that credit to accrue in my account and that means that my next box that's supposed to be forty dollars if i referred three people that's ten dollars mm -hmm. because what's the likelihood of you canceling that box that's now coming for basically free it's next to nothing so both from like referring new customers and retention of current base it's really really strong but it has to work that way it can't be something that someone has to go do to redeem yeah um and that's also in, like sort of in bad faith right like just because that's the way 
whatever it was done or it was built initially. Like, how is that in the best interest? It's of not. The it's, it's just in the best easiest. Of, yeah, of it it's, not actually being used. To, to, and who wins in that case? Maybe the business. But Maybe, probably not. but I think it's. I think it's. I think it's not even done maliciously. I yeah. just think it's more challenging to auto apply yeah. to somebody's subscription. But it, I mean, it seems interesting. It seems like that could be a parameter and a link, right? Like it's a referral link. The parameter gets. I mean, I, I'm sure it's hard. But it's like, harder than it should be because, yeah. in my opinion, like you and I having just a logical conversation yeah. about business flows. Yeah. This is obvious, right? Like Seemingly. it's it's I shouldn't have to do something here. Yeah. Um the hard part would be if they don't use my link or if they don't use my then, code. Sure, then that's then it's lost. that's a whole nother situation. Yeah. But if they used your code, I don't want the customer to have to do anything. Like <laughs> yeah. we're all about a frictionless experience, right? Like if you're not moving towards a frictionless experience, you're you're dying in the internet world. Well and and Chain lube and and, and thigh lube. Come on, come on. We're, we're, we are a frictionless company here. Um, so that was one of the things that I pushed very very hard for, um, and and we found a way to do it. But it wasn't traditional. There wasn't yeah. like an app that just did it natively. But we had some. Well, I mean, we've got a great group of developers. Let me say that. Uh, um, and so if you need it, we might be making a third company. I, I'm not even <laughs> kidding you. Like I'm a serial entrepreneur. We might just, need a third company. There, like, so I have already talked about, well, it's why I was going to build the custom software. Yeah. I'm like, because Happy nobody's like, doing whatever, this like, well. Like, why Why is this so challenging? It seems um, insane. And especially built for Shopify. You got customer acquisition built in, baked in. Okay. Well, so, uh, yeah. So there look, you go. 2024, we're doing a software as a service season. And we'll be talking about uh, <laughs> You'll be talking to happy me. referrals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. If, if um, you have a brain like mine that like is just constantly going through this stuff, there you've, are- You've solved it. No shortages of businesses that yeah. I could be opening. I will probably be doing this the rest of my life, Amazing. starting a new business here and there, because there's so many opportunities that arise yeah. along the way, because the reality is if I have this problem, lots of people have this problem. Um, so I think it is very interesting. I've already like gone down that road of the pivot of how many Shopify apps will I now build now that we're on Shopify, right? So who knows? And, and I, I, uh, I mean, all will Joking, but also all joking aside, <laughs> I do have a, a friend who's like, the, it, it is not uncommon. Like, there's private equity, there's micro sure. private equity yes. that's just buying Shopify apps yes. to build, you know, big apps that do yes. a bunch of high value things. Uh, there's a whole ecosystem just in the app store on Shopify. There, one hundred percent is. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's one of the things. The features that we pushed for was automated referrals. Love it. Um, has to happen. So that will be a really important part of our business model because for me personally, aside of all business, I mean, obviously, like, I believe in capitalism because I'm an entrepreneur, but yeah. also I believe in community, and it's part of what I do and why I love being in like a sport-based business is mm -hmm. because we're motivating people to get out there and do it and we don't want them to do it alone. So like we called um, our referral program training buddies because we Sick. want you to have one of those. And I think that um, it's an important part of our business, right? We want you to be able to tell your friend yeah. like, hey, this thing is really cool. I think it will help you on your journey. And then we want them to be rewarded for it. So it's yeah. like part of our core value as well is building that community base. Love it. And it'll work for all three of them. Yep. Sick. Uh, I love it. I mean, Anything else? Q, Q4 <laughs> is going to be an exciting Q quarter for you, uh, 2023. What else are you thinking about the rest of this year, 2024? Yeah, Q4 is a ripper. Um, 
really the move to Asheville is so monumental for us. Like I said, it's in conjunction with the launch of our new website. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really, really awesome. It's kind of like us, we've said we're in Asheville business for a very long time with a key component not being here. So mm -hmm. we're so excited about bringing that here. We're so excited to be at Ernest. Um, so that that's a big one for us. We have a lot of um, decisions to make with fuel goods, we're, but we're excited because this one is gonna be a much more high growth startup where yeah. we're gonna be able to bring in resources. I think something that I'm personally really passionate about is bringing high value jobs to Asheville. Um, when I moved here, they said Asheville is BYOJ, bring your own job, and it's true. It really is. Um, as someone who was a finance professional, I could not find a job here on my standard career path, right? Um, and that is where we're going. We want a high growth startup here that brings in growth talent to Asheville. And I think somebody's gotta be the first mover. I don't know who's done it yet. Like who said, I have a high growth startup in Asheville. Not to like demean anyone, because there's a lot of really great startups here. Sure. There's a lot of people doing really cool things and growing businesses. Um, we just want to do it faster than everybody else, right? Like we we think we've found some white space here. We want to be the Chewy of sports nutrition. We want to have hundreds of jobs brought into this space doing, and again, I think we'll have jobs across the gamut, right? We're going to have warehouse jobs. We're going to have office jobs. We really want to bring some high growth talent into this. We already have, which is exciting, but we want to bring, we want to get that ball rolling because I think it really, it takes a first mover. Someone's got to yeah. do it first. As soon as one startup really knocks it out of the park here, there's going to be talent that comes in and there's, it's such a cool place to live. It's yeah. such a cool place to live. We just need some like really big momentum. There's big companies that are doing it. New Belgium brought a lot of energy. Um, and I love that and we need to keep doing that, but we also need like some small to mid range companies yeah. that come here and do that. So Q4 is going to be the precipice of that for us. So that's what I'm obviously uh. most excited about. I mean, I could go down the line, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a lot coming down the pipe, but I think it's all really good good exciting stuff um hell yeah a b the podcast is the result of bring your own job i completely agree that's what everyone said calendar year 2019 when we moved here um uh 2018 we visited three times everyone said better bring your own job better bring your own job and you better bring your own job and so uh yeah i would be great if people could just come here and work in awesome businesses and uh i love that you're building that for people i would double click into the uh you know major e-commerce holiday playbook if there's anything at a high level that you've seen work that you're stoked on executing this year i'd love to hear it not mission critical, but what, what, yeah, what, no, what do you have I think it's a great about? question because it's really important, right? Like, yeah. I think it's wild when you look at our revenue curve from the middle of November to the end of December, we do 30% of our revenue for the whole year. So it's like, it's just wild. Um, and I think that there's a bunch of tactics. There's a ton of strategies. I think we're not in the world of manipulative selling. Um, and I don't use that in a bad way. We're constantly being manipulative manipulated when we're buying things. But I think we don't really do discounts through the course of the year because the box is already a huge value and discount. Um, but we do, we do engage in Cyber Monday. We don't, we don't do Black Friday. We do a soft small business Saturday for fans and supporters. We don't really push it. And we just go all in on Cyber Monday. If you want the sale, today's the day to do it. Mm. We go heavy in. I think for us with a subscription 
based product, it makes a lot of sense um, because some people need to get over that hurdle of like, ooh, I don't know about the first yeah. one. Um, and I'd say for us, what's been most successful has been building the list early. Yeah. So it's just it's just building the list. I think that too many people, it's it's extended out in my opinion to such an unreasonable like pace that, now. Yeah. yeah, people are like Cyber Monday. Monday now, hop on the list. Like, it's not Memorial Day yet. Yeah, but it, it's like or Labor it, Day. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. not even hop on the list. It's like Cyber Monday today. You can yeah. get ten percent off, and Got I'm it. just like. Ah, it's too much. So not all guests could I ask this question to and expect that they actually have it probably in their brain. And so no pressure if you say, don't necessarily know. Uh, Do you have it dialed to customer acquisition costs for a new purchasing customer? Do you have it cost to acquire a new list member? And then like, what is the payback period? Is it in the first box? Is it the second box? Like, because it's it seems to me that it's plausible that you're profitable first month and that only if you were really stepping on the gas and trying to work hard to get massive amount of exposure would you need four boxes to be purchased to get out of that trough yep. of customer acquisition costs. Great question. Um, about $25 cost of acquisition per customer, uh, lifetime value about $191 and growing as obviously as we're longer. So that is about a eight X on that, which is way below, way above industry standard. Yeah. So we have very good multiples on that. So that if we sell, you know, if it costs us $25 to acquire the customer, that first box isn't that, break even the, yet. The first box is tough. Uh, yeah. you wouldn't want to get someone on a referral only <laughs> like yeah. hand somebody 10 bucks yeah. plus have your margin. So it's yeah, not the first box. It's, I mean, and I will say that it's, it's, cl- it's close, right? Yeah. Like it's close. Like we're not, we're not eating our face on that. Sure. If you, but like the reality is that people stay for an average of nine boxes. So that like, yeah. it, if you cancel on the first one, this product is probably not for you. I th- I'd say one thing that I would love to get across is people get offended. And I used to as well. Like if someone cancels, it just means it's a bad product market fit, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of people who don't. So, um, but we, we definitely do. If you, if you stay for two, we're definitely making money on you and people yeah. stay for much longer, but we definitely model all our marketing around that $25 CAC. I mean, obviously we've had some channels that are more, but the way that I look at it is why go into those channels, even though they're profitable until we saturate the ones Fully that cost spend, yeah. less. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely different across different channels that CAC varies, but for the most part, we really like to stay in that $25 range and that's very achievable for us. Yeah. So by box two, we're profitable. Um, and since we, we offer our heaviest discounts, the longer you stay. Sure. So we're quite happy to give you the box for free. If you're going to stay for a year, we don't care. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just how we gauge it is like the longer you stay, the more we make. It's why our single box is more expensive. So that way, if you purchase it You've at that $25 CAC, we're still not, we're still not losing a ton of money. If you decide to stay for longer, uh, great for you. You can pay less because we'll six months still in advance. You're good. Yeah. We're still good. We know that we've cleared profitability. So awesome. The, uh, uh, what channel do you, if when when thinking about it? So it seems to me that uh, you know athletes and sponsoring athlete influencers could be a really powerful channel, um, and then probably all things meta. But like any surprises in how you are spending money to grow? 
I'd say the the biggest thing that I personally found surprising, I mean, you nailed it. Those those channels are all very good for us. Um, was that we made a little bit of a shift in our digital marketing mm. in a sense that um, we found it a little bit to be like shooting fish in a barrel on buying AdWords for gifts for a runner. So <laughs> people always ask the question, do people buy it for themselves or do people buy it for someone else? Yeah. It used to be about a 50-50 split. We have um, intentionally shifted that more over to people buying it for someone else because it's really hard to know what to buy for somebody. It's like such an easy win for us. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, my world, we talked about it briefly before sitting down. My world has been baby, baby, baby for two years. We have subscription. We have quarterly subscription boxes from two different businesses yeah. that were gifted to us. Like it is, uh, that's a great, it's in such an easy Great. gift. So like yeah. for this, it's been very, very easy for us to get people to buy it for somebody else, um, which is even more reason why we needed to start the new platform because if someone buys it for you, yeah. you may not want to carry on the subscription, but you definitely are still going to need to keep getting those individual items. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wow. I'm so glad that you're on this podcast. Let's... Um any any open loops, anything in your heart, your mind that you wish I had asked about uh, when you were like, oh, I'm gonna be on this podcast, I wanna say No, I mean, I'd say just thanks so much for having me. Um, it's been such a pleasure. I think that there are so many cool people doing really cool things here in Asheville. So it's a delight for me to be added into the group here. And I think that, I mean, we're really excited about the launch of the website. So, you know, I've we've got one business that's flourishing with a launch and then a whole new one starting. So, I mean, can't, can't wait to champion y'all and <laughs> the timing on this. It seems to be perfect. Uh, we will have links to all of the different businesses and websites and social channels. Um, one of my thoughts is, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot and we can kill it. <laughs> but uh, is there like a, a welcome runner box, rider box offer that we could offer the audience if they're into it? We definitely can do that. We definitely can do that. So cool. we'll put it in the show notes, but I'd say we'll just call it making it, um, <laughs> cool. making it for $10 yeah. off uh, first box of any subscription. And we'd love to throw that out there. Amazing. So thank you so much. And uh Man, I can't, I can't wait to see. I mean, all, all of this is super exciting, and I can't wait for you to rip uh, and venture fifteen again this year. But feels good, feels good, sounds good, looks good, all of the goods. I can't, I can't wait to see what happens there. <laughs> Thanks so much.